My apartment is a modern-day fortress. Locks, chains, and inside, a code I have three chances to get right. Otherwise, the cavalry charges in, demanding to know if I am who I say I am. All of this is set into a flimsy wooden frame. Eleven hours cleaning floors and toilets and emptying trash in hermetic space. Eleven hours exchanging one-sided small talk with mice. Now my eyes burn from the day, and I long to pluck them from their sockets and rinse them clean. When the door swings open, I know. At first I think it's the red answering machine light winking at me from the kitchen. But no, it's more. The air is alien, like something wandered freely in this space during my absence, touching what's mine without leaving a mark. Golden light floods the living room almost as soon as my fingers touch the switch. My eyes blink until they summon ample lubricative tears to provide a buffer. My pupils contract, just like they're supposed to, and finally I can walk into the light without tripping. They say it's not paranoia if someone is really out to get you. There is no prickle on the back of my neck telling me to watch out behind me, but I'm right about the air. It has been parted in my absence and something placed inside. A jar. Not the kind that holds sour dill pickles that crunch between your teeth and fill your head with echoes. This looks like a museum piece, pottery, older than this city. So says the grime ground into its pores. And that ancient thing fills my apartment with the feel of things long buried. I could examine the jar, lift it from the floor, and move it away from here. But some things, once touched, can never be untouched. I am a product of every B-movie I've ever seen, every superstition I've ever heard, every tale old wives have told. I should examine the jar, but my fingers refuse to move, protecting me from the what-if. They reach for the phone instead. The super picks up on the eighth ring. When I ask if he let someone into my place, his mind goes on walkabout. An eternity passes. During that time, I imagine him clawing at his balls, out of habit more than anything else, while he performs a mental tally of the beer still left in the fridge. No he says eventually. Something gets stolen? No. What's the problem, then? I hang up, count to ten. When I turn, the jar is still there, centered perfectly in my living room between the couch and television. The security company is next on my list. No, they tell me. We've got no record of anyone entering apartment 1304. What about five minutes ago? Silence, then. We've got that. Do you need us to send someone out? The police give me more of the same. Nobody breaks in and leaves things. It must be a gift from a secret admirer. Or maybe I'm crazy. They're not above suggesting that. But they use polite, hollow words designed to make me feel okay about hanging up the phone. Then I remember the answering machine's blinking light. When I press playback, My mother's voice booms from the speaker. Zoe, Zoe, are you there? There's a pause, then, no, honey, it's the machine. Another pause. What? I am leaving a message. What do you mean, talk louder? There's playful slapping in the background as she shoos my father away. Your sister called. 
She said there's someone she wants you to meet. Her voice drops to a whisper that's anything but discreet. I think it's a man. Anyway, I just thought you could call her. Come over for dinner Saturday and you can tell me all about him. Just us girls. Another pause. Oh, and you, of course. You're almost a girl, she tells Dad. I can picture him laughing good-naturedly in the background. Sweetie, call me. I'd try your cell phone, but you know me. Ever hopeful that you're on a date? Normally, I feel a small flash of anger in my chest when she calls to matchmake. But today, I wish my mom were here. Because that jar isn't mine. Someone has been in my space.